The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth. Joining me today, Jerry Karaya, e-store manager and uh, veteran associate here at Guildhall. And uh, let's get right into the precious metals market. Jerry, I think we saw some great movement up this week. I saw, I mean, it was yesterday. We're taping the show on Friday. Gold bounced up, jumped up $75 in basically half a day. Silver jumped up like $1.50 or something like that. It was a huge day yesterday. Um, what do you think was behind that? A couple days ago. It was, oh, it was two uh, days ago. Okay, couple, yeah. it's been a blur. <laughs> it's been a blur. It was, uh, again, what is driving the economy, what is driving pretty much all markets is the Federal Reserve. Um, Fed Powell, last a couple days ago, maintained uh, and confirmed the maintenance of the $120 billion per month QE program and indicated it has no end in sight. And with that happens, you have um, emerging markets taking off, Bitcoin taking off, precious metals, even share markets taking off. How much per month? $120 billion per month. Okay, so just by my... my what tracking coronavirus numbers here, um, you know, you get you get good at that. That means that basically every ten months they're adding a trillion dollars to their balance sheet, and then we we wonder how long it's going to last before people no longer have faith in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it would take what basically three years to to double to double their balance sheet at this point. Four years to double their balance right. sheet. Mm-hmm. That's craziness. And they never paid off the balance sheet from 2008. They raised it from under a, under a trillion to up to th- four trillion. And then now we're up to seven plus trillion in less than a year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happened. In 2008, they solved a debt solution or a debt problem with more debt. Isn't that the way it's done? <laughs> I mean, I, I know that's the way it's done, it right? Is, how do you how do you solve fact. that problem? You just you just do more. Um, Cover it up. Look, I think that's why a lot of people are moving into precious metals. They're they're seeing that central banks around the world are going to do nothing but be more accommodative here, which means printing more money, just like watering down the the liquor in the liquor cabinet. It means the potency of and value of your dollar is going to be be dis- destroyed it's being destroyed right now and so if you have cash sitting in the bank you're going to be losing to inflation very easily you can't put it into a GIC and win because you're still losing to inflation and if you have it in a stock portfolio that's valued in dollars that are now going to be worth less all the time at a much faster clip than over the last decade you have to think about that too and so you have a lot of people looking towards the metal saying, well, where can value be stored? And of course, gold over the last 15, 20 years has averaged 11% a year. In Canadian dollars, it's had one negative down year in the last 15. And so it becomes a viable option. It is the insurance policy. It is the insurance policy. Why it offers two things, two keys why gold is considered wealth insurance, and that is it offers you liquidity. 
Our high net worth clients ask me one thing. Jerry, when I need to get out of this market, how quickly how quickly can I sell and get back into whatever currency I need? And that is a solution that gold provides. Another, the, the second key is it offers you an independence, a decoupling from all of this uncertainty, all of the money printing madness, all of the new monetary policies that we're seeing, the negative interest rates. That is wild. But what gold provides is that wealth insurance. Decouple yourself away from that into something that is going to protect your wealth, but at the same time position for that topside potential. Now, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Let's talk a lot more about this uncertainty going forward. I will say before we, we get back into this that we have a massive surprise later on in the show. Uh, incredible news that has come to light uh, in the last week here at Guildhall, and we want to share that with you because it creates a lot of opportunity for those who are looking to make money in these markets. And of course, the markets we're talking about are gold, silver, and don't forget natural fancy colored diamonds. Now, before we go on, Jerry, and talk about um, you know the disruptions in the market and the uncertainty. Um, you brought with you today some FAQs, some uh, some frequently asked questions that you've been getting from some of our clients, and uh, let's share that with the audience now. Just this past week alone, I just found that a common theme uh, that was being asked of us, and to those frequently asked questions or common questions, I brought to the table today for our listeners to also participate in. Uh, the first one, Jeremy, there are many ways for someone to get exposed to the gold market. We know that there are certificates, there's ETFs, and then there's physical bullion, which is what we do. The tangible, if you own it, if you can hold it, you own it. What Should I buy ETFs or should I be buying the gold, Jeremy? What are your thoughts? Well, I always put the paper on one extreme side of the spectrum, which is that's investment. There's a counterparty there. Right? There's no cost to get in because you don't own anything. You own paper. It's vaporware. Right, So that's an investment. On the way other side of the spectrum, you have jewelry where the value in the gold has been – there been excess value because of the craftsmanship and the brand. Right, mm -hmm. Where bullion stays is sort of somewhere in the middle where you're actually acquiring an asset as opposed to an investment where there's counterparty. You own that gold, right? If you can hold it, you own it. You can put it under the bed. You can put it in a safety deposit box. You can store it physically in an allocated vault. But this is the lowest cost way to actually acquire the physical itself without having to pay, you know, craftsmanship brand prices through jewelry itself, which you're not always guaranteed to get 99.99 pure gold or 24 karat gold. In this case, you're always buying 99.9% .9 pure precious metals. Further to that, Jeremy, why we liken gold to be your wealth insurance is that, you know, going back to, let's say, for example, you were looking to buy life insurance, for example, uh, you don't really go out to buy a you know, share of the insurance company. You need to buy the real thing. You need to buy the full policy. Similarly, for gold, if you're looking at gold as an insurance policy, you need to buy the real thing. The ETF, the certificate is an IOU. You're tracking the price, which is fine. You're okay for tracking the price. But if you're if push comes to shove and you need to liquidate, and you need that insurance policy. You need the physical goal in your hands. And I think that's what happened uh, back in March. People realized, hey, I need toilet paper 
and that gold I, I want to take delivery of. And there was a firm out in Europe, I think it was ABN Amro, I may be mistaken, where clearly they were taking, yeah. people were taking delivery of the product or were requesting physical delivery of the product, which that bank and financial institution didn't have. And so they closed the fund. They mm -hmm. said, they sent out a letter to everyone saying, you can close your account now or you can or we can close it out for you at the end of April. What great choice is that, right? <laughs> but either way, you're not getting any physical product in your hand. And I think that's one of the reasons why people come to Guildhall is because they understand that if I am going to acquire this asset, it better be mine and I better have access to it. For example, it's one of the questions we get with the registered accounts. Can I take delivery? Well, if it's an RSP, you pay your withholding tax, we release the product to you. If it's a TFSA, it's a letter of direction away from having that product back into your hands. So that's the sort of comfort and confidence that we can bring to the to the client when you're buying physical product. You have nothing to hide at that point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. I think, I'm not sure if you feel the same way or you experience the same thing. Years ago, um, people were not overly concerned about taking delivery and making sure that they have access to it. But today, uh, it's a lot has changed uh, with the, the excesses in ETF inflows and uh, the how many ounces actually back up the physical ETF. All of these questions are arising and people's uh, concerns and uncertainties are just mounting. So getting the physical just alleviates that some a little bit, some of the anxiety in the market. Uh, we're looking to do that as much as possible these days with all the stressors. Uh, and this is just one area that we can bring some certainty uh, back to our lives, right? Yeah, and it's it's also that confirmation, right? I think in in this day and age, um, it's funny. I was just I did an interview earlier this morning, and we were talking about the fact that the government, can, you know, we talked about this last week. The government can produce money, but they can't produce wealth. wealth. They can confiscate your wealth, right, through inflation and taxation, but they can't produce the wealth. And but they are producing all this money, which is which is just fake at the end of the day. And it's funny because now we're in the midst of this accusations in the states of of election fraud. And uh, I know both you and I kind of follow it closely and you can see all the fraud that's out there. Project Veritas is on fire catching all the yes. fraud. And you just wonder how many paper ballots were actually produced, who produces them, how do they all get produced, those sorts of things. Like what is, what is the regulation behind that sort of production, mm -hmm. right? Because it's just paper mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Um, it's funny because I remember a couple weeks ago they were talking about they launched a ch uh, the Chinese yuan Digital, digital currency yep. as a fun. as a test run in in a, one of these provinces there, and they already they already had people faking them. No, yeah, they already had people like using using fake crypto wallets for a a, a fake digital one, and it worked. Are we they, surprised? They confiscate. They they um sorry they they faked the money digitally. It's incredible. Um, we've got a lot more to talk about, about physical gold, physical silver, what type of gains we've already had this year, what we expect for the rest of the year and moving into 2021, which we hope is a much better year for everyone. But we definitely believe it's going to be a good one for the metal. So we'll talk about that and our big, big surprise. You have to hang in for that as well. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, in the midst of our conversation in the last segment, we both just realized we only actually covered one FAQ. So let's jump into another one that uh, some frequently asked questions that you've been receiving this week. Great idea, Jeremy. So second frequently asked question was, I hear a lot about the silver to gold ratio. Can you please tell me what that is and why it is important? Well, I mean, I would say a lot of our listeners already know the answer to that if they've been listening to the show for several years. And that is, it, it starts with the amount of silver coming out of the ground for the amount of gold. And historically, it was always 16 to 1. And that's what they based the bimetallic standard on in the States was this idea of 16 to 1. It even goes a little bit further back. There was something about the moon cycles or something like that. But at the end of the day, what we're finding out now, if you follow someone like Keith Newmeyer from First Majestic, and he's always on the he's always on the, the track of YouTube interviews and whatnot, is what he's saying, and he owns a, a pure silver mine, that they're pulling out less these days. Mm-hmm. Now, above ground, there's less than, they say there's 2 billion ounces. I believe it's more closer to less than 1 billion ounces. And there's over 5 billion ounces of gold above ground. So above ground ratio, silver is much more rare than gold. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're using silver in all sorts of industries. And it's it's absolutely necessary for our daily lives. It's in anything anything electronic, anything digital. And so this idea of tracking that price and what happens is, is when both markets are moving higher because silver is a much smaller market, you see the ratio catch up. And the idea here is that one day the true value of the metals will be reflected in the historic ratio of 16 to 1, which we did see back in 1980. It reached 16 to 1 and it's been and it's reached 16 to 1 in other at the culmination and, and, and peak of other bull markets in the past. So people are looking at that. In, in 2011, it hit 35 to 1, right? So unfortunately, if you were you know, looking specifically at that one indicator and waiting for 16 to 1, you missed your opportunity to sell. But you could have also watched it come from 80 to 1, right? 80 ounces of silver for one ounce of gold in 2008. And by the time we hit 2011, it had come all the way down to 35 to 1. Even an example recently where silver back in March went down to $11, 1130, 11.50. The ratio went to something like, what, 120? 120. Mm-hmm. So now we're back into the high 70s. And uh, again, as both of these markets move forward, because silver's smaller and the same amount of money is going into that market, you see that ratio narrow. And so it's definitely one big indicator that people look at. Um, did I miss anything, Jerry? No, just one food for thought. Okay. I mean, Jim Rickards talks about $15,000 gold. Right. Back to 15 to 1 ratio, silver is at $1,000 per ounce US. If you own 2,000 ounces, and going back to my scenario back in 1980, if you own 2,000 ounces back in 1980, you can buy the average price home in the US. You're buying a house. You're buying a $2 million home at 15 to 1 if you have 2,000 ounces today. And if it goes to $1,000 an ounce. That's right. Well, the funny thing is about silver, even if you just look at it and you just kind of say, wait a minute, it's trading at $25 and the nearest precious metal to it is trading close to $1,000 an ounce. 
how is silver that is used in industry, it's more used than any of the other precious metals, how is that one trading in the double digits and everything else is trading in the triple digits or quadruple digits? It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But of course, if the price of silver were to triple or quadruple, you still need that product in those in those electronic goods. That's right. right? You still need the the silver in the car or the the TV or the you know the refrigerator, the light switch, the iPad, whatever it is. Uh, solar panels. I mean, huge. solar panels going forward is going to be huge. And even if the price quadrupled, they're not using that much in it. It's a minute amount inside of those technologies. And so if the price jumps your cost goes from $5 to $25, it's not going to affect the end user price of a price tag of a TV, for instance. So again, it's a, it's a good place to be. Let's transition from that, Jerry, um, and the number 18778Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. Get some physical precious metals in your portfolio. Let's talk about the premiums. They're still incredibly high in the market right now what does that say to you for the where the price of the metal is today and what it can do going forward well it's like a futures price to me jeremy it's somewhere that the the spot price will have to play catch up to the real price of gold and silver um, there is no way around it these are our costs to you know for guildhall to acquire the metal and this is an indication that number one there is huge demand for the product for the bullion and number two, simply there is a very limited to no supply available. So uh, the premiums speak for themselves. And please, we encourage people to get in touch, talk to us about these premiums because it's a huge indicator where the market will be going and why it's going to be going there. Yeah, and, and to that point, I think that one of the things we've noticed as a trend in our industry is that even a year ago, premiums were decent and you had a decent amount of supply. We still knew we were always kind of one big order away from not having anything available, but the the competitiveness amongst the bullion dealers, whether it was in the city or in the country, was pretty fierce. It, there was definitely a race to the bottom. Everyone had product. You could go online and and kind of pick where you know who was who was selling what at the cheapest, and then it was just a question of you know were they all pretty much the same price? Okay, now I can go with you know there's there's delivery there's price and there's service. If you're in the ballpark of everything, people go with you, whatnot. Mm -hmm. But today, it's really, you don't see that competitive price nature anymore. What you see is, do you have that product? Do you, or do you have it at all? That's right. Right? So it becomes a question of, uh, you know, no, one, no one's price gouging at, in any respect, but it's a question of what's available. Now, I think one of the things that we've been lucky with is that we have, de we have a depository and so we have clients who have been acquiring product in their depository. So instead of just being a dealer that handles direct purchases only, we've actually gotten lucky sometimes because we have clients who sell some product and we go, yes, we don't have to wait for the product from a wholesaler. We have the product right away. And I think that's actually been our saving grace for physical product as well. During that time, yep, that was that was, that was definitely a, a key for us, a saving grace, as you, as you mentioned. And uh, but now we're thankful that we do have the inventory available, um, albeit very slowly trickling in. Uh, Paul has done an amazing job with the inventory and acquiring the product, making the good connections as he does so very well in the industry. And Paul has been just been doing a great job. Great. So, Jerry, obviously, we've seen some great moves this year in, in the market. Gold's up over 25%. Silver at one point was up over 45%. I think we're still in up 35% this year. 40. It, 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. 40% as we cross the $25 threshold this week. What do you think we have in store for us for the rest of the year? And what do you think maybe, you know, we're in November now and people are going to be talking about what's going to happen in 2021. So what are your thoughts out the gate there? Well, there are a few certainties uh, in light of all of the uncertainties. Despite who wins this election, the fact of the matter is the money will be printed and the rates will be kept low. Those are the two economic drivers for gold. Further, there is a clear, certain correlation between the quantitative easing driving the price of gold upwards. So as we've discussed earlier in this segment, uh, $120 billion per month being committed to blowing up further exacerbating the bubbles in the financial system gold is in lockstep with this money printing ever since 2006 2008 when it all began 2020 and beyond gold price forecasts by bank of america is 3000 by the year end but further we don't really discuss very often um, one of the headlines and i guess biggest economic issues that hasn't received a lot of attention is the wave of um, defaults that will hit the real estate sector, especially the corporate sector. I've had a few calls this week with people who own corporate properties, uh, commercial properties, in fact, leaving the sector, leaving the sector, not sure where to park the funds. And they're looking at gold for that parking the wealth away from cash, away from financials, but positioned with topside potential. So we're seeing Smart money, big money. We look at Jeff Bezos, who sold billions of Amazon shares. Smart money is moving into gold and silver, which is why we're seeing gold and silver move in lockstep with shares. Shares are being bumped up with the money printing, right? But normally we should see this uh, gold and silver back off, but gold and silver are moving at the same pace with stocks because they're not buying the share markets anymore. There, something's got to give. And gold and silver will prevail as it once does. And it always does. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. I totally agree with you, Jerry. I think one of the big trends, not just over the last five, six years, but even more so in the last five, six months, has been the trend to the physical market itself. And this idea that people are trying to get out of out of things that they feel might be overvalued, and they're concerned about where to store the wealth in the interim, and make sure that they have the liquidity. And so gold and silver are definitely offering that, especially if it's a larger quantity and it's being stored at a vault. Because that way it's easy to just pick up the phone, sell your product and get your funds within 48 hours. Um, you know, there are some banks that will hold you up a lot longer than that to get, to get your money out. So I think that uh, gold and silver become that opportunity to be your own central bank in that regard. And that's something that we've been talking about over the last few weeks on the show is this idea of accountability, right? If, the, if you own physical gold and silver, you are now actually accountable for your own wealth versus leaving it in some advisor's hands. And obviously with real estate, there's a lot of costs and things like that. And it's you're now back into the debt market. And so I think people have been pulling money off the table there to just say, what do I have? And in, a, in, a, in an age of uncertainty, the way we are right now, you are looking for certainty and gold has offered that mm -hmm. for thousands of years. You bury it in the ground, pull it out of the ground after 3000 years. It hasn't eroded. It hasn't corroded. Um, it hasn't tarnished. 
it's exactly as it was and you can melt the coin or the, the Mayan mask or whatever it is and melt it into a belt buckle or whatever it is. And that is stored value. That's stored energy. And that's one of the things that people really, really like about gold in general in their portfolio. We have a huge, huge surprise coming up in the next segment. And it could mean a lot of potential wealth in your pocket. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about that next. The number is one silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. Get some physical gold and silver in your portfolio. Even add it into a registered account where it's fully allocated and segregated. And you can even go to the vault and personally audit your holdings. And you can do that with Guildhall Wealth. You've been listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, are you sitting down? I am, Jeremy. Okay, so... For years now, we've been telling everyone that Argyle Mine is going to close. It's going to close, and people say, yeah, I hear this on the show. You guys say that this mine is going to close. Well, guess what? It's closed. Wow. That's it, folks. It's over. After 37 years, the Argyle Mine, Rio Tinto's Argyle Mine, has officially closed. It's going to take them you know, six, seven years to reconstitute the land and uh, the the articles are coming in fast and furious about it. One of the articles uh, that came out, Jerry, um, was mentioning the fact that Argyle Pink Diamonds, which represent 90% of the world's pinks, so now 90% of the supply of pink diamonds is gone, that over the last 20 years, they've moved up 500%. That's massive. It's not a surprise. We've seen it here. And especially with the type of diamonds that Guildhall has, where we're only going after really high quality diamonds, they have to have the highest clarities that we can get our hands on. The clarity has to be good. The, the, the inclusions have to be in good places. They have to be the type of inclusions that are acceptable, but they have to be not a lot of them, if at all. Um, in fact, hang on to that one because we've got another good surprise about some product coming in. Obviously, the the mine is closed. Even, um, I have to mention this because there's a, a historian in the market, a jewelry historian, and uh, her name is Vivian Becker. And she said that pink diamonds now would emerge as the new Fabergé egg, the thing that jewelry myths are made of. And while prices have quadrupled in the last 10 years, imagine what they're going to do in the next 10 years. So some are saying that the Argyle pink diamonds could go up as much as 500% in the next decade, not two decades. What do you think about that? Well, we know that these color diamonds are being sought after, especially rare investment grade color diamonds, Guildhall investment grade color diamonds. We do know that they offer the one of the same fundamentals as precious metals, which is they offer negative correlations to other other asset classes. So they typically move in the opposite direction. So investors want this, they need this for their portfolios. And when you add the the rarity factor in mind, plus the just amazing legacy of the Argyle mine to boot to market 
to market this diamond. I I actually think the 500% is rather low. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, listen, just uh, reading some of the quotes in, in one of many articles, one says, pricey gems, analysts and auctioneers alike expect prices for pink diamonds to go up and potentially spur exploration. That would be interesting. Pink stones have already been fetching record prices in the past few years, and the closure of their main source could mean that trend could strengthen. Another says that uh, rarity, uniqueness, and finite supply have driven strong value appreciation and we, we have, that we have seen and we continue to see. The last Argyle diamonds are being sold to specialists around the world this month in the, the trade sale known as the Tender. So we expect that the Tender this year, which highlights the best diamonds of that, of that year's production, usually they're the largest and the highest clarity and the strongest colors, um, we expect the, those to go at incredible prices. Usually the bidding starts 30% higher every year. You, you go, what did I pay last year for something similar? Okay, so this year, if I'm going to go after that diamond, I have to start at least 30% more or or even more than that if I want to make sure that I can get my hands on it. And so I think that this is going to be a, an, an historic tender. I think it will definitely be telling about where the prices are going to be headed. There's also another major diamond going to auction soon, but there's no doubt about it. The, the mine's close. 90% of the world's source of pink diamonds is gone. Mm -hmm. And they've been moving up at 500, 25% a year on average. And that's not, that's just an average across the board of, of SI, fancy SI diamonds that might be, you know, um, under, under 20 points, right? Mm -hmm. Under, well under quarter carat. Um, it could be a diamond that's over half a carat, but it's an eye quality, right? So you don't know what we're talking about here in terms of, how much your diamond could could be going up if you have something spectacular i mean if you had a tender diamond <laughs> i could only imagine if you had a tender diamond with good that was a great quality diamond who knows what that could go up that could go up 500% in 6 years at this point who knows very realistic jeremy i mean this is obviously an asset class that we love but we encourage our listeners if this is something that you have thought about before Get in touch and request your Diamond Buyer's Guide. Further, we do offer a diamond discovery session, which will show you how you can incorporate one of these color diamonds in your portfolio, portfolio how to manage that, um, what the expectations are, and view them. See how beautiful they are, and even further, how to um, set it, if you want to set it in a beautiful pendant or a ring or even earrings. Uh, sit down with us and we'll show you the ropes. Yeah, and I think that one of the differences with a, with a natural fancy colored diamond, and this includes yellows, they've been doing very well as well, and I do believe that you know the, the rising tide lifts all ships, so I think that ultimately this mine closure is going to be good for all diamonds, or all colored diamonds, I should say, and may even be good for, for white diamonds because you're talking about a major mine closing in Australia, and uh, that is going to play have an effect on the diamond the diamond industry as a whole, but it's not as liquid as gold and silver. That's for sure. It's not as liquid as stocks. The question becomes, does that matter? Right? If, if you have a stock portfolio and you have an advisor and they're saying, no, you have to hold on to this for, you know, the longer, the better, etc." Then if you can afford to put something away for 10 years in a market now that has, whose limited supply is now almost finite, mm -hmm. um, 
what do you have to lose in that respect? It's something to consider. I, I certainly agree. I was actually just going over um, some of the mantras, I guess, that you hear uh, in the media, even some financial planners, which is the mantra to stay invested long term. Uh, that strategy does work well uh, as long as we have a continued bull market. Um, however, this strategy doesn't really work if you know you're standing at the edge of a of a cliff here, which we are today, looking at these overvalued stock market prices. So the we know that the market it will the stock market will eventually fall further. So does it make sense to stay invested in these financial assets or look to something like a color diamond that has a track record of look a Guildhall diamond has never lost a nickel for anyone. But having that topside potential, that steady growth year over year, yes, you may not have the instant liquidity as you do gold and silver. So get your gold and silver and then round out with a, with a color diamond. Or the better, or one thing you could do, which is what, hey, if I had, a, if I read a book called uh, I Sold My Andy Warhol Too Soon. Yeah. And uh, the takeaway was if you have two Andy Warhols, <laughs> right, that's better than one. And you always have one that you could sell and keep the other one. And uh -huh. if you're thinking generational wealth as well, you know, to throw 50,000, I don't want to say throw, but to put $50,000 into an investment like this, uh, into an asset like this, that you could then pass on to, to f the family, pass through the family, that's their wealth, right? Yes. Everyone's always looking for ways to pass wealth uh, through the generations. And this is one of those things that, my gosh, if you had bought that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and look at what you would have today, you'd look at the stock portfolio and say, yeah, this was probably the better route, the physical asset, the natural fancy color diamond, the argyle pink diamond, and of course, any pink diamond as well, because they do recut a lot of the argyles. So not every uh, pink diamond out there it, that doesn't say argyle is not necessarily not an argyle because it's been Good recut. Point. That's something else we can get into. Much, much more to discuss. Let's keep on the topic of natural fancy colored diamonds, round out with some gold and silver as well. The number 18778 silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number 18778Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. This is the place to go if you want to learn about acquiring some physical hard assets in your portfolio gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds. And if it wasn't a big enough surprise that the Argyle mine is closed, we have another great surprise now. We've got Paul Wiseman, president of Guildhall Wealth, joining us right now. Paul, what was your reaction when you found out that the mine was finally closed? Because I know that the listeners today, after years of us talking about it, are probably just breathing a sigh of relief more you than want anything. My fin final answer? I want your final answer. About, what was your response? About time. It's about time. So it's you breathe a, a, a sigh of relief as well. Well, yeah. I mean, they've been hanging at, you know, on us for a long, long time that it's closing, you know, it was closing in 2020. They stretched it right out uh, to basically November. Um, I just got off the phone with New York and I'm kind of excited. And I don't know whether you mentioned, I haven't listened to the show because I'm just coming on, but because the Argyle mine is closing, you know, 
some of those pinks, those high quality pinks, over the last 20 years have gone up as much as 500%. Yep. Now, with the mine closing, um, I expect in the next 10 years these diamonds to go up 500% or even more. As a collectible, you know, they only put out 55, 60 diamonds a year on their tender, and there's been 30 odd tenders, so that gives you, you know, uh, what's that, 60 times 30 odd is 2,000 tender stones in the world. Um, how rare is that in pinks and, and reds? And we've still got a couple of tender diamonds which we held on to. Um, one of the diamonds we have is a 0.55 deep pink. It almost looks red. Um, we haven't decided even what price we're going to put it up at. That's how rare it is. But the rarity is there. With the mine closing, there's not going to be any more pinks coming on the market. They produce 10% of the world's pinks, um, which is but 90%. For ninety percent, rather, of the world's pinks, which is nothing. It's, you can put that much in a champagne glass. Um, we, as I said, I just got off the phone with New York, and I picked up a couple of diamonds. That pink diamonds—they're not argyle. Um, the reason I didn't go for the argyle because pinks are going to go up, whatever pink you have, whether it's a pinky orange or a pink, whether it's a fancy, intense, or a vivid. But one of the stones I've got um, is a rarity, and it's a point three one. Fancy pink, pear shape. The uh, Japanese like to call it teardrop, and it's very popular in the Orient. Um, it's a 0.31 fancy pink. It's internally flawless. How often do we see a pink stone that's internally flawless? What, what this means is this stone has been polished to bring out any impurities, um, to just bring it down to a perfect stone. We've got this stone in Canadian dollars for just under $40,000, tax included. I've also just picked up a 0.43 fancy orangey pink radium VS1. Uh, again, a magnificent stone. Um, this would make a really, really great ring. Uh, we're looking at Canadian dollars, just under $35,000, tax in. And another stone I just picked up. They're not going to be in for about a week to 10 days. Um, but first come, first served. Um, we can show you the GIAs um, and we can discuss it if you want to come in to see us. I've got a 0.34 deep orangey pink. Now, orangey pink, orange is a really rare color. Uh, this is a radian. It's a VS1. And we're looking at 32.5 Canadian tax in. Now, Paul, these are all what are known as fancy pinks, and there's three grades of color that you look at. There's fancy, then you move up to intense, and then you move up to vivid. And then now, deep pink in between the vivid. Now, I can remember a time where the intense diamonds were selling in the low 20s. What would an intense pink sort of around these sizes, under half a carat, what would an intense pink be going for these Everything days? Everything would double, double and triple up. Right. So whatever you've got in a fancy, you can figure double in an intense or maybe even as three times as much. And in a vivid, that's going to double again. One thing I've noticed about the colored diamonds over the last decade is that the gains in the various color grades have not have, have been all pretty much the same. In other words, if you had a fancy, it didn't necessarily mean that you weren't making the same good gains that you were in the intense. Yeah, is that I, correct? Yeah, I mean... When it comes to pinks, they're so rare. 
the thing that you've got to do when you buy a you know a colored stone a, a natural fancy colored diamond the first thing you really look at is the color what we look at is the clarity we don't want any type of diamond that's got lots of inclusions a cavity that's you know a cavity is a hole whichever way you look at it yeah you know if it's cloudy yeah like if it or was if a, it's got fish eyes i mean you right don't like need if it that. was a, a vs1 right which is or a vvs1 right which basically is no inclusions but the one inclusion was a cavity you'd say no no i hate cavities anyway <laughs> who likes cavities yeah. really but you know the pinks are going to be going very, very quickly. And then we're going to get on to the yellows because the yellows are going to be the next pinks. Um, we've got an exciting promotion coming up next week when you buy Vivid Diamonds over a carrot. We're going to give a beautiful pair of diamond studs just over a carrot. We do this every year just before Christmas. And it always goes down very well. So we have the diamond studs here as well to show you. So, and what what's the value of the diamonds for that? The diamond's going to be in the range of about 30000 35000 Okay, so if you have a pink diamond that you're paying, let's say, thirty-five, a yellow diamond that you're paying about 30 ish you're going to get a pair of diamond studs with it, which is yeah, great. Yeah, let's, for... let's, let's put this, these diamonds in with that promotion. So you'd also be getting that for Christmas, and then in that sense, you could do a yellow diamond for something to wear often, a loose pink diamond to enjoy as a loose diamond and, and just appreciate that rarity of that. And of course the increases that you can expect on that. And again, as you mentioned, Jerry, very quickly, we've got about uh, one minute, 30 seconds left. Um, you said that, like you said, you've never seen anyone lose on a pink diamond here at Guildhall. And that's what I love about this firm. I mean, we, we back it up with the criteria. It's all about the criteria. As long as we stick to the highest, uh, the highest quality of color, Clarity, as Paul mentioned, with the carat weight, this is a this is a no lose. This is a win win. With your precious metals, this is all about protecting and growing your wealth. We are here to make you money. And Paul, last thirty seconds here. What would you say to someone looking for a pink diamond? You know, at this point in the game, with the mine closed, it can only go up. Um, as I said, uh, some of the highest quality pink diamonds out of the Argyle mine, over a half a carat carat diamonds in 2p, 3p, 4p colors. Uh, they've gone up as much as 500% over 20 years. I do believe we're going to see that same increase, but in a lot less years, maybe 10 years, and maybe even five years, because as the stock market eventually will come off, as real estate will eventually come off, the bubbles will hit, and everybody's going to run for the hills, and they're looking for something that is portable wealth, and there's nothing better than a natural fancy colored diamond. Yeah, and I will, I will note as a last comment, comment that uh, during the last quantitative easing from 2008 through 2011, natural fancy colored diamonds skyrocketed. I just got to give you one comment. I just got off the phone as well with one, one of uh, Darren's clients, funny enough. And I was just talking about um, Biden is going to get in as the president. That's four years, four years we've had of Trump. We had eight years of Obama. That brings us back to 2008. Where was the price of gold and silver in 2008 when the Dems were in? It was a thousand bucks. What was the price of silver? It's 16. And when did it sprout up? In 2011, it went a little mental. And I think over the next two, three years, you're going to see gold and silver just explode. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Thank you for listening to The Real Money Show this week. Gentlemen, thank you. Look forward to speaking to you again next week on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.